Hi, I'm Kenzie Fell, producer and co-host of McGowan Braybender's podcast channel, Side Effects. Today, we welcome a data analytics manager on our financial analytics team, Kelly McCall. Kelly has been an MB family member for almost four and a half years, and when it comes to data, she has the power. In her role at MB, Kelly makes data easy to understand by converting data findings into clear and relevant reports for senior management. She uses data metrics and insight to draw conclusions and recommendations that are easily communicated. In turn, this gives the leadership the ability and power to make decisions. Our financial analysts can see the future by looking at the past. Numbers don't lie, but without skillful analysis, they don't say much at all. Let's learn more about Kelly to see how she utilizes data analytics to best help MB and our customers. I'm Scott McGowan. I'm Kenzie Fell. And I'm Anne Marie Singleton. Now, I think even for our listeners, too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong, but one thing is we're not afraid. Our goal is to get you to think about things a little differently. And we're unscripted. We just have free reign for 20 minutes. Welcome to Side Effects with an A. Welcome to Side Effects. I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. Hi, Anne-Marie. I'm Kenzie Fell. And we have with us today an excellent guest, Ms. Kelly McCall. Kelly, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, we're really excited to talk about data analytics and yes. the power of data analytics. Mm -hmm. And maybe we could just start with a little bit of background about your experience in this field and what got you to where you are today. Sure. Prior to coming to MB, um, I worked for Premier Physician Services. It was an emergency medicine physician group, and I worked in their business development and marketing. I also ran their wellness program, and I also worked with our operations team within the emergency department, uh, collecting the emergency room data, and then summarizing that into reports for the leadership team. Yeah, great. Pretty perfect background. Have the creative side and the numbers side. Exactly. You don't find that every day. That's a no. unique combination, <sighs> and we appreciate that very much. Exactly. So what brought you to McGowan Braybender? How did you find that role? Well, as the wellness coordinator um, for Premier, I um, had the opportunity to come to MB several times for different wellness events that they were holding. So I kind of knew of MB that way. And then just living in the Dayton area, McGowan Braymitter's reputation um, is everywhere. Everybody mm -hmm. seems to know them. <laughs> so about the time you, you joined McGowan Braybender, we, we had just begun the process um, a couple of years before that to start receiving data in a different way. And data is becoming more and more readily available. So talk a little bit about your role here and, and what you do with our data and data analytics. Sure. Uh, we use a third-party vendor, Benefit Focus. Uh, Benefit Focus collects the data from the carriers into their system, and then we're able to pull that data into reports and then put that into our own reports uh, that are most useful for the clients. So what is data analytics? <laughs> I know that's an intimidating word for me, and we had a previous conversation where you made it very clear, which helps because a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, I have data analytics, you know, yeah, but they really, they don't know the difference between a carrier report and data analytics. Right. So we like to say that the data analytics is more the clinical look of the members on your plan, mm -hmm. where the carrier reports will be more of a financial look of the members on your plan. Mm -hmm. Data analytics digs in deep further 
than what the carrier report provides. Yeah, and one's historical, right? So the financial reports are historical. It's about something that happened in the past, mm -hmm. and the clinical reports are about predicting what's coming in the future. Correct. The clinical reports provide um, the conditions you have now, mm -hmm. and they build upon one another so that they give you a risk score that gives you more of a complete look at an individual. So the risk scores are based on age, gender, and your comorbidities. Um, so unlike carrier reports, which, is, which may say a high claimant has XYZ, mm -hmm. and this was their dollar amount spent, data analytics is going to say, well, a high claimant had this, but because they don't have other comorbidities or they're a young person, this was an acute injury, their risk score may be really low, showing that going forward, they're not going to be as expensive as they are currently. Yeah. So if we think about today, what we're able to do with the data from an employer versus, say, 10 years ago, um, we relied on those historical reports. We said, okay, this is what happened. We applied some trend, and this is what will happen in the future. It was more of a, a linear mathematical calculation to tell you what was going to be happening in the future. Now we're using real-time data with member-level information to predict what's going to happen in the future to tell that story. That's is this correct. Is this rather new, too? Like, how, how long ago did this start? Well, I think data in uh, analytics has been around for forever. Um, mm -hmm. I think to the insurance industry, it's been new probably the past five years. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that it's going to keep growing. People are going to continually use it. However, unfortunately, the carriers still kind of base their renewals on the past. So, so they're still going to look three years back, say what your claims trend had been, and then that's what they're going to project for the future. So how close can, how close are the projections? Are they spot on? Or are they completely off? You or? know, our financialists are really good and um, our projections are usually pretty close to what you're going to see from nice. the carriers. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you're using those reports, um, so we've got, we've got some folks that have data analytics. You have to have claims information and be a certain size in order to receive that type of information. We just can't get it for every client. Yes, that's correct. The carriers actually have limitations themselves. Um, it's really best for a self-funded client with 100 or more on the plan. Some carriers require that limit to be a little higher at 300, um, but especially your TPAs, uh, 100 or more on the plan, you can usually get are you able analytics. to clarify to self-funded versus fully insured? I just recently learned these terms, and I if you could just lay it out for me again, what's the difference? Well, that's probably a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> Sorry, but, just um, side a note. Fully, <laughs> a fully insured plan is basically you uh, have a set dollar amount for the year. Mm -hmm. So a million dollars, that's what your plan is going to be. And you break that down into 12 payments, and you're paying it mm -hmm. every month. Self-funded plan, you're paying an admin fee. That's a set fee every month. Mm -hmm. But then you're also play, paying the claims. Mm -hmm. So Ooh. if you have a million-dollar claim in January, they expect you to have a million dollars in the bank to reimburse the carrier. Yeah, so understanding for these self-funded employers what's coming up is really important. So the power of data analytics allowing us to help and predict the future, um, it's really been a game changer, I think, for employers in managing their employee benefits. So can you talk a little bit about how we use the data analytics and the reporting with our clients? Sure. And we do use the uh, data analytics, as I said, more for a clinical look. So... Um, 
it's about building a wellness program. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to look at gaps in care. So of your, are your members getting their preventive care screenings? Are they getting their uh, yearly physicals? Mm-hmm. Um, are they um, compliant with their medications? Mm-hmm. All those different areas that you won't see on a care report um, can really help you drive strategic direction of the plan um, where you want to go with your yeah. your benefits. So I think for the listeners that on the on the podcast today, they know that I'm not a doctor or clinician. <laughs> Kenzie's not either. Nope. <laughs> Kelly started in um, the uh, medical program when she was in college. And um, so she's the closest thing we have to a clinician on the podcast today. <laughs> but none of us are doctors. And so talk a little bit about what makes us qualified with this information to provide clinical advice to our clients. Well, again, that's one of the reasons we selected Benefit Focus is that it did not need a medical director to kind of subjectively um, give a risk score or future costs on the members. Mm -hmm. And another drawback is typically when you have a medical director reviewing those claims, they're only looking at the large claims. They're not looking at the population as a whole. So with Dating analytics, we can see people who are maybe pre-diabetic or pre-hypertensive that will raise their risk score. Uh, We can find that out and we can get those individuals into a kind of a care management plan where they learn um, ways to prevent them from having full-blown diabetes or full-blown hypertension. Right. So it gives us some insights that we wouldn't otherwise be able to pull together. And so it's the synthesis of that data in a way that makes sense and we can tell a story. And our data analytics platform uses the Johns Hopkins ACG modeling, Mm -hmm. which is uh, arguably the gold standard in predictive modeling in the healthcare space. That's why we don't need someone to interpret that report for us. And we're able to provide those insights and that value to the clients who have their data in our, our data analytics system. Right, that's correct. So if you're in data analytics, they're going to look at every single member on your plan. That's every employee, spouse, and child. Mm-hmm. Then they assign everyone a risk score, and that risk score is based on age, gender and then the comorbidities so you could have a 46 year old woman who's perfectly healthy she would have a lower risk score than a 46 year old woman who has hypertension high cholesterol diabetes same age and gender Mm -hmm. very different risk scores very different costs using the word comorbidity might sound really scary for our (laughs) listeners Um, and so uh, comorbidity just means what Comorbidities are the diseases that you have, basically. Yeah, so mm-hmm. things that just deteriorate your health a little bit. It doesn't mean you're you're dying, right? Mm-hmm. It just means things that are uh, potential health risks. So just that's a scary word. <laughs> Almost as scary as data analytics. Yeah, similar, similar. Okay, so when you do show this condensed sheet to the senior management, what is on that sheet that you show them the main points? Well, we, we do produce a large report uh, once a year, mm-hmm. and it's got a lot, a lot, a lot of I data. I saw one. It was very intense. <laughs> so we kind of, uh, after a few times taking that out, when we first started this with our clients, it was almost just too much. Mm-hmm. So we realized we really have to narrow that down and pick out the areas that really are important to a particular client. So if a client is interested in maybe starting a wellness program, then the gaps in care, the medication compliance, those are really important areas that we would focus on. Mm -hmm. And we do actually usually show those areas to everyone because we believe those are always really important areas for any client. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about the data and having it. It's about turning it into action, right? And using it for the benefit of the population, the workforce, and the health plan itself. 
Oh, correct. I mean, otherwise, it's just a bunch of numbers. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you don't right. put that into actionable items, then yeah, it's just numbers. <laughs> and so, can you share a success story that we've had? I mean, there there are dozens, or if not hundreds, of ways that this data has positively impacted employees and and their dependents. But could you share something from your experience that you can think of? Um, sure. Actually, I was with a client uh, last week. They um, in 2016, they decided to implement um, for their wellness program that every employee had to have a primary care physical with blood work. Mm-hmm. Their claims were high. Um, now, in 2018, when we just ran that report for the end of the year, their claims had dropped 20%. Wow. Um, they had 73% of their employees having uh, a primary care physical, where in 2016 it was like 50%. Wow. So you say primary care. They went to the doctor versus on site? Uh, yes, they? this mm-hmm. is actually going to a family physician mm-hmm. telling them, I need a preventive screening. I want a mm-hmm. physical. I want blood work right. where they can get your blood glucose levels, your cholesterol levels. Your uh, They'll take your blood pressure. We want all those numbers. We actually had uh, an employee share that he was skeptical about if that was really going to work. <laughs> but in his exam, they found early stage prostate cancer. They were able able to treat him and now he's clear of cancer that is amazing i mean that's the point of taking that that information and then that's a perfect success story 100 percent. right yeah the idea here is trying to avoid those future claims Mm -hmm. and help people live healthier lives exactly so so for example you see uh, a population that has zero dollars in claims you would think that's typically a good thing right but (laughs) you might think that unfortunately that's not the case typically Mm -hmm. um because that means that your employees are not even getting preventive care. Mm-hmm. And preventive screenings are super important. Uh, we've had several clients have us tell us stories about women who have had a mammogram because they were required to. Right. And found early stage breast cancer. Ugh. Yeah. So get your preventative care. A $100 claim is better than zero. Right. Well, so, I- yeah. Zero zero claims means, you know, you're not using health care. And I know mm-hmm. there's some older men who are proud of that, but really, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Pride. Sorry, Sorry guys. <laughs> this is a girl power moment right now with all three of us. <laughs> but, you know, they just don't know what they don't know, basically. Right. Yeah. And they may have high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Uh, they may be a heart attack waiting to happen. Right. It's yeah. their normal. They feel normal for them. They don't know how poorly they feel or how much better they could because they've developed that over time. And right. one of the things about about data, claims data, is people who have had a claim, right? And what we know from looking at employee populations and employer financial data around their health plan is that sometimes your high claimants come from the people who had zero claims the year before. Mm-hmm. We've seen that trend over time using historical financial reporting. And so getting folks to a primary care physician who's the best place to direct their care versus the broker or the employer and getting the baseline of what's going on. Maybe you are perfectly healthy. Maybe all of your numbers are perfect, but maybe they're not. And what can you do about it? It's a really important part of this conversation. And so our system can take in wellness screenings too, if we have a relationship, right? And we can now marry the claim data. Those are people who went to the doctor for some reason, wellness or ill visits or surgery, as well as the claim data from the wellness screenings, right? Mm -hmm. And now we have such a great picture to tell the future. Right, for sure. Much easier way to tell the future. Absolutely. Um, So switching gears slightly, 
I wanted to bring up, you wrote um, a blog for our marketing department, for our website, about chronic conditions. And yesterday, when you and I were reviewing um, kind of the information that you present to clients, there's a whole part about chronic conditions on there. So what inspired you to share that information from from your data? Well, Phil asked me to do it. <laughs> first and, and foremost. And it was amazing. <laughs> I, we so appreciated the information. <laughs> no, but I, I truly believe that knowledge is power. Um, and chronic conditions are extremely costly, mm-hmm. uh, not only financially, but to your health and your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I had some uh, numbers here. Mm-hmm. For lifestyle-related chronic conditions, and those are conditions considered by John Hopkins to be preventable via lifestyle changes or modifications. And some examples of that are? Uh, lifestyle-related um, there is lifestyle-related cancers, which would be like a skin cancer. Okay. Um, it so can s- be so some sun exposure without sunscreen. Correct. Or, yeah. um, oh, so many people. Smoking <laughs> is an underlying cause of several of the different kind of cancers that they look at. Mm-hmm. Um, there's diabetes. Type 2 diabetes would be a lifestyle-related preventable condition. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some respiratory. Again, smoking. It's a lifestyle-related condition. Mm-hmm. Cardiovascular, again, mm-hmm. diet, exercise, yes. all of that uh, play into the majority of your lifestyle-related conditions. But I pulled some numbers on our book of business. Our book of business has nearly 50,000 employees and over 110,000 members. That's Ooh. using data analytics. In our data analytics, yes. So for chronic lifestyle-related preventable conditions in 2018, we spent 300 million nine hundred and sixty four thousand two hundred and seventy nine dollars on lifestyle related preventable conditions wow that was 55 percent of the total spend and you have to keep in mind rx is probably 20 percent of that right right so and if you have one of those conditions a lot of times you are on medications so that would fall more into that 20 even raising that number higher right and so what i hear when you say that our listeners might be thinking doom and gloom or oh my gosh what yeah. i hear is opportunity yeah. Correct. right opportunity even if we can begin to chip away at that a little bit and the mm-hmm. hardest thing we know to change is behavior right i don't want to change my behavior i know what time i like to get up i know what time <laughs> i like to go to sleep i know what foods i like to eat Um, And everyone else does, too. But at some point, we need to raise the awareness to a point where people are willing to engage and be committed, not just compliant, in order to begin to make that shift. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone uh, needs to understand that there's an opportunity to live the best you, right? And that comes through maybe even some small changes, as you say, to their lifestyle. That's right. And I mean, having the opportunity to, to find out your pre-diabetic or pre-hypertensive mm-hmm. or your cholesterol levels on that high edge and being able to make the changes just through lifestyle changes and not ever have to be dependent on medication for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's financially expensive. It's emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. It just affects every area of your life. If you can stay healthy, that is worth so much more than just the financial even cost savings. Right. It's right. just a whole healthier lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. very freeing to think about that. So our blog will make that available on healthierbirthdays.com. Mm-hmm. Um, look on the website for that. Also make the white paper available. So thank you for producing that and putting yeah, that no out problem. there, Kelly, for all of our clients and everyone out there in the s- cyberspace. Yeah. <laughs> listening to us today. So wrapping up, Kelly, 
you and I spoke yesterday. Where is Dana a- Analytics going? And I would like you to share your your futuristic My answer. joke? Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I joked with Kenzie. I said, I think we're going to have a barcode implanted in everyone. And mm-hmm. then when you walk inside a building, red lights are going to flash and the bells are going to blow, uh, blow and say, <laughs> danger, danger, Will Robinson. Do not hire this person. They are very high health risk. Oh, so, that would be crazy. I'm sure there'll be a movie about that. But I was but, joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so like, where do you think it's going? Exactly. Right. Well, I don't. I mean, I think it's definitely here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think healthcare in general needs more transparency. Data analytics is very good at helping uh, pull that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's going anywhere. And I think the opportunities depend on the data. And if the carriers will continue to give us the data and maybe even more than they do now, mm-hmm. um, I think that just opens up the possibility even more yeah. and just transparency and what you do in with this it. industry don't just get the data have it tell a story Correct. and then put that into action like i said opportunity it's there for every single person exactly well i believe that is all the time we have for our data analytics conversation i feel like i learned quite a bit yeah thank you both so much for both of your knowledge and client facing but also just digging into the numbers so well, thank you for having me yeah of thanks course. kelly So thank you so much for joining us on Side Effects, and we will see you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye.